Welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this pod, the, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host Fiona Lamb and I'm joined by... Emma Phillips. Nat Morgan. And we have a special guest in the studio. Tiffany Chen. And she is from Newtown Breakaways. We're going to hear from her a little later and throughout the pod and and show. It's time for the warm-up. Right, let's warm up, shall we? Well, I don't know about you gals, but uh, I was in Melbourne on the weekend and I saw a bit of a cricket match. What a A bit of a cricket match. (laughs) It was, it sort of took not by everyone by surprise but it was embraced by everyone I feel wasn't it as soon as the Aussies got into the final it was pretty spectacular every the weather the crowds the atmosphere everything just fell into place didn't it well, it was such a stress so Thursday afternoon it was there's a three o'clock match wasn't it that mm-hmm. was supposed to be England. India versus England and was washed out at the SCG and then so my flight to Melbourne was delayed and it meant that I got to watch some of the match and and see that it did go ahead and uh, it was God, Australian so semi final. I was holding my breath. Watching oh, so you had Australians nothing till you land. That's you right. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was um, Australia versus South Africa. And so I landed. We were in the air, delayed for another hour. So everyone, when we landed, was so cranky. <laughs> so I said, "Yes, but good news, everyone." Australia's through to the grand final. And they all clapped and cheered. I'm sure. I said, "Well, I'm going to feel the G. Are you? Are you? Are you?" And I think they did. They tried to help anyway. Well, and the crowd, was the crowd? It was 86,000, 86,000 something. 174, I think. Oh, well yeah. done. Pete. Well, that's my tattoo on my left wrist now. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Um, it was fantastic, wasn't it? The atmosphere and the crowd, Katy Perry, just everything went so smoothly. Yep. And yeah. even though it was a thrashing, and I'm sure India weren't happy, but it was, um, I don't think any minded because it was so much fun. The opening partnership, bashing away. Healy hadn't been in brilliant form and for her to come good especially with her husband in town <laughs> well they peaked at the right time didn't they yeah they did come oh. good it was it was was spectacular and it was great to see so many AFLW faces there as well there was Who one did you Sue see? Alberti there cross-coding cross-coding the cross-coding very proudly and indeed uh joining in the wave good to see good to see did the members sit out of the wave as usual and get booed I didn't see it stop, oh, so uh, I would say that they joined in. Yes. Mm. And I Katie- saw Meg McDonald there. I know that there were lots of Darabin Falcons there. Um, took out an entire section from what I, I had understand. Some, um, every time the TV camera showed someone, else, I thought, oh, she had a house with her. I shared a house with her. <laughs> really? Granted, <laughs> one was my sister and her two daughters. Now, out of 86,000 people, the camera zoomed in on them, so my son – Picked them out of the audience, and so we taped them and told them we spotted them. But then Christina Matthews, legend of uh, Australian cricket, now at the Wacker at the CEO. But uh, I think she's the most capped Test player still in history, and probably yeah. there's not many Tests being played anymore. So she might hold that record forever. Not that I'm saying you're going to die soon, Chris, or anything. But uh, <laughs> shout out Chris Matthews um, and Belinda <laughs> Clark. I shared a house with Belinda Clark, and she was the one presenting. The uh, trophies and the medals on the sta- uh, podium at the end. Lisa Kitely, you know, shall I keep just mic dropping? Well, I was going to say, Nat, do you want to just bend over and pick up those names you've just That's dropped? It. I know. There's been the, a few. Yeah. So <laughs> even though I'm a football girl and I love it being a Melbourne girl, but cricket was probably my first 
game that I played and that's how I made contact with all these wonderful, talented sporting women. So, yeah. uh, And Chris just kept constantly sending through photos of – she was at a function, obviously, when you're living that high up uh, – picture of her and Dawn Fraser, picture of her and Billie Jean King. So these are live photos, mind you. Um, yes. Carrie, uh, Carrie Webb. All of right. them, the trifecta of yeah. old boilers, really. It's interesting that I, I played cricket from a young age, from about 12, and uh, cottoned on to footy being available to me when I was late teens, but wasn't allowed by some of the elders at the club who were too afraid that I'd get injured or that us youngies would get injured playing footy. So I didn't start you playing footy until I was have, 24. You can have some decent injuries playing cricket. I had my face <laughs> smashed apart by a cricket ball at one point, which is probably the worst injury I've had when I think about it. So there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I loved is that it started to bring out the stories of people, people's um, experiences of cricket and, and their, their childhood memories. And um, so Georgina Hibbard, who is someone I think we're going to talk to a little later in the season, she's a great GWS supporter. She was telling her story about um, growing up and playing cricket. She said badly. I reckon she probably played all right uh, with some of the people who became big names in cricket. And, and then I shared my story, which is that uh, when I was at school, Lindsay Reeler was my first coach in cricket. And thanks to her, and, and as I went on in cricket, I had, my, I had my proudest moment ever in sport. I did peak early. In, in, <laughs> grade six? In, it was not grade six. It was high school. Thank you, <laughs> Emma Phillips. Uh, and I, yes, I bowled a maiden over to the number one batter in the number one team, Live Argy, who congratulated me at the end of it. Well done. That's a great Never story. before or since did I have such a proud moment. Fantastic. Never since and have you bowled a maiden over? <laughs> Never since have I bowled it's a maiden over. not what Kiwi said. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, well done, Australia. Yay. Well done, the world. Well done, Cricket Australia. Well done, Katy Perry. Look, I think we do need to just... Temper, have a little caveat there. Could have done without the uh, cricket bats with lipstick on. No, no, they were the best. Like it was like one of they were like one of the film clips. That sort of caricature of what it was. It was. It was. Do you know what it was like? The Sydney Olympics, the giant thongs and the giant eskies. I say they nailed it. It was Australiana. It it was so good. Would never have imagined a million years that she would have been playing at the MCG with giant. Cricket bats, made up cricket bats. Yeah, I mean, that's no just got to be a high. It was that's the best. Peak. She yeah, would never, like, I know she's, you know, one of the most popular artists in the world, but no stadium holds 90, 85,000. Like, she would have just been loving herself sick. Yeah. And, and she, she didn't have to do too much work. Yeah. The girls well. danced and sang, and she didn't need backup dancers or singers or it anything. It was a powerful performance. It really it can't be overstated, I no. think. It was and it was a quite a political thing. performance, wasn't it, too? It was, yeah. Um, so she said at the concert afterwards, she said to all the little girls, do you believe the future's equal? And then she sang, I kissed a girl and I liked it. <laughs> and she does mention a chapstick in that song as well, mind <laughs> you. Um, did you know how the Australian team all danced with Katie on um, Raw oh, or Tiger or yeah, it's called? But you know that the vice captain, Rachel Haynes, she wasn't there. I know. She was getting drug tested. She so had shout to, out to wee Rachel into Haynes. a vial and obviously there was nothing that was very vile. But no, so disappointing <laughs> for her, but she can watch the video. Oh, <laughs> that's You're terrible. Harsh. That's not can, much to come. Can I just say, at the same time the cricket was on, the uh, the second half of the Frio versus Brisbane match was on, so top of the table clash. And it was that, you know, lovely moment of just going, well, this has happened in men's sport for so long. We've had these great big clashes and there's there's often a, you know, you know, a, a sort of timetable clash or something, but it was two fabulous women's matches. A shame they had to be at the same time in some respects, but, um, you know. Nice to know they were attracting big crowds and available for us to watch. How do you think the ratings went for that Frio match? 
Compared. Compared with the cricket? Yeah. Oh, all eyes were on the cricket, weren't they? Probably. Well, I think half the footballers on the bench were probably watching it too. Competing for the same audience, unfortunately, mm. which um, which I think is a mistake. Anyway, let's call the quarter. Let's start with the first quarter, shall we? Well, what a Giants game. If that's the kind of result that comes out of a home game in Wagga, let's have more of them, I say. Versus Richmond. Richmond, was it one goal one? one it was in the first pretty, quarter? Yeah, seven points. No, wasn't much Richmond. more. You're talking about Richmond, Fee, Talking yeah. about ri- what Richmond they, got They ended up with 1-5, yeah. but they started with 1-1. One, one, yeah. And it really didn't improve very much at all. But And so I think we need to, advantage. first of all, announce that Cora Staunton has another new nickname. Yeah, look, Cora, I haven't written a song about you this week, <laughs> but I've got you a new name. It's Scora. Scora Staunton. She was the goal-scoring legend on the weekend. She was running onto everything, ducking, weaving, bursting through packs to take the ball and pretty accurate as well. So scorer, well done. <laughs> she had a really smart game though, didn't she? First time we've perhaps seen that this year. Really composed, I thought, in the forward line, a real focal point. I think she in the early matches um, she was running up the ground looking for the ball perhaps, whereas I think she stayed within the 30, the 40, looking for the ball and was in a position to score these times. So look, it's hard up against Richmond New club, haven't had a win, how you rate that and your own performance, but it adds to your, I don't know, your confidence, I guess, for the next week. Notable too that Cora was 10 months to the day uh, out of her injury, her terrible leg break. So, you know, quite a remarkable performance when you consider that too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Very good. Um, All the best players were from GWS, um, Elise Parker. I think she rated 10 votes in the coaches' listings. Um, she She was good. I'm not sure who I could list. Maybe Conti kept running, if that's the best you can get out of from Richmond. Richmond. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Conti was really the only one. A couple of the superstars were out for Richmond, of course. And I think their coach afterwards actually said something about needing to clone Conti. You know, that they'd be okay if they could clone her. Which yeah. is, you know, there's a lot of truth in that, but a bit of a slight to the rest of his team. A bit of a slap in the face. <laughs> yeah. God. But um, coming back to those best, Nat, I think uh, Beeson Tully, Tully continues to impress Yeah, me. those girls were pretty good again. They were getting amongst it. Plenty of uh, possessions for them. And the teamwork was the best. There was end-to-end running and they were hitting targets. They were smooth at the handballs. It was um, pretty good. And uh, debutant Helveston. Yeah. First game and scored a goal. Oh, nothing better when that happens. It's yeah. always so nice and everyone gets around us. So I was happy with that. Very happy. Um, Tully got injured in the game. Like, big strong unit. Had her head knocked into the ground. She and was didn't, handled. She didn't get uh, back on the field after that happened either. So, yeah. And we'll talk about the reports later on and we'll mention the result of that because of it. I think the medical report was so, taken into yeah, review. Yeah, it, it could have been a concussion from that, couldn't it? Yeah. Smacked to oh, the back of the head. Yeah, totally. Every chance of that kind of a, you know. And just just so I think so, this is know what's, what we're talking about. We know we're talking about Tribunal later on, but she was, she was sort of lying on her back on the ground and um, the, the player from Richmond, whose name completely escapes me at the moment. Um, Let me turn the page. going to have a look at her notes <laughs> To here. my report. Anyway, she she lifted ruffle, Tully ruffle. up while she was on her Laura back. Laura McClelland. Kind of, Laura McClelland has sort of slammed her back down for which she's received a two-week suspension so uh, we will talk more about that later but well, we don't need know, to now to know that Tully is okay <laughs> here we are I'm sorry about that I've stolen no, the thunder no, no. Jumped ahead. that's good um yeah but we did have um speaking of Conti before and her speed that's why she gets so much of the ball and runs but Nicola Barr tried to chase her down and pinged her hamstring pretty badly I think it's at least Perry level by looking at the way she 
grabbed it and couldn't really get off the field very Dr. well. Dr. Morgan in the house? Oh, I've got my white coat on and my stethoscope. <laughs> well, uh, early in Elise Perry's um, injury, uh, they said it was. They were worried it was torn off the bone. Oh, I think so it was. It was six yeah. months. Yeah, no. I oh, think, so it yeah, actually has been yeah. confirmed. Yeah, torn yeah off she's the bone. going to have surgery on it. Yeah. yeah. So and she wanted to be part of the team and amongst it. So she didn't actually sort of go off and have surgery or do anything like that. She wanted to be part of it. So well, it'll just happen. Yeah, we now. saw her dancing on the um, sidelines during the game. So I, I was saying to Kiwi, well, that can't be. That can't be the injury. Up she's dancing. Faking down's okay. <laughs> that faking bop. it. Yeah. Oh, you think she's faking it? She, yeah, she yeah. Wanted to get out. <laughs> um, just last thing on that uh, GWS game. Notable, I think, that they had 17 marks inside 50 to one for Richmond. So you know something is maybe starting to click in their forward line. Beck Privatelli again with two goals alongside Cora's four. She had five marks, I think, as well. And also we don't talk much about their rucks or what's going on there ruck wise. But um, between between McKinnon and Jess Allen, they garnered 30 hitouts. So lots and lots of positive signs for the Giants, it that's was for good. sure. They did get inside 50 a lot, but, and they had 22 shots of goal, but... Missed a few. Only seven. They only hit seven. Yeah. Only, yeah so I'm not, I'm not great with my percentages, but it's not maybe mm. 30% off the top of my head. Not good. Should we... So they 7-14, they ended up kicking. So the score could have been anything yeah. if they could have just nailed it. Well, the Giants are averaging 3.8 goals a match. Now, to put that into context, North are the top goal scorer with 7.2 and Richmond at the bottom as 2.8. So they're obviously closer to that Richmond end of things than North Melbourne, just to give you a sort of sense of what they're doing in the forward line. sitting third in their conference, aren't they? So they're within touching reach. A couple of games, a couple of important games coming up that will probably... Look at the future later on. Just thinking about Phoebe Monaghan again, who had another ripper game for the Tigers against Phoebe, the Giants. Phoebe, Monaghan a mania. Um, but look, she's really having a stellar season. I feel like Phoebe's a player reborn. She every... hasn't uh, missed being one of their best players. And yeah, in fact, she's right. made the weekly team of the week, hence the name of the <laughs> team, that she, um, <laughs> she's Black's been in it three week, yeah? out of the five. Yeah, Sarah Black's um, team of the week. She's been in it three out of the five times. I would almost have had her in there five times. Yeah. She's been terrific. Best thing, her and Conti are holding that team up, I think, mm. at the moment. So, yeah, um, Kiwi was talking earlier today saying that Collingwood um, are at 67%. Of the, this is it's to do with efficiency. efficiency. Yep, efficiency. So 67% for um, Collingwood, followed by Geelong at 66. Frio are 54. And uh, Eagles are lowest at 52. Giants are in the middle with 60%. I think in the first season or two of AFLW, those averages were around about 55 for the top team disposal efficiency. So that's kind of nice to know too, that just in a short time, those numbers have gone up substantially for the top teams. Great. And that sounds like a good time to call the quarter. For today's show, I decided to just cling on to a little bit of the, uh, the vibe from the weekend where at the World Cup... Um, there was a fantastic band that came out, a drumming band that came out every time a boundary was scored. So I thought we needed a little bit of drum beat instead of a siren. (laughs) So for the second quarter, we're going to have a little chat about um, Coat Hanger shout-outs. Except Mm. that I've stolen, is that right? Well... My mum hasn't sent me any messages this week, so I can't read hers. <laughs> and I've, we've had a couple of people, you know, inner sanctum people mention to us that 
last week's episode wasn't the best. So we've got only up to go from here. They just <laughs> said we've got to, I don't know, a bit more research or, I don't know, peeps, tell us what we need to do because we don't always trust our families. <laughs> so <laughs> We get a few more songs from you, Nat, don't we? Well, we I could, could write just some be more song songs. Driven. It could be if you give me my own little <laughs> segment to sing. Look, so look, we're doing our best and we've got people coming in and I'll out. I'll do the tambourine. Yeah, it's a go. So, but um, we're glad people are still listening, regardless of whether we're good or not. We we think we're good. I come home and go, yeah, it was a great episode. I'll say, <laughs> not sure it always is. So. But subscribe, like, share, and rate us so other people can find well, us. We've, well, we've got um, Tiff in the studio, and Tiff said, "Are you a fan?" Sorry, Tiffany, are you a fan of the pod before? <laughs> yeah, I am a fan. It's the only women's AFL. Fantastic. Yeah, you correct, can stay. Answer. Trace, you're gone. Yes. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Trace, did you hear why she couldn't make it today? Tell us. Well, apparently at work she found this secret cupboard full of toilet paper <laughs> and she had to wait for everyone to leave the office to fill her car up with all the toilet paper because, well... I'm just telling it like it is. <laughs> all right. So we'll all be making a mad dash to uh, Coromel to... <laughs> That's it, to pick up Cold a few Dale spares. to pick up some Square spares. Square spare. Yeah. Um, on a slightly brighter note, <laughs> I was at the International Women's Day lunch on Friday with Coach Kiwi and we bumped into some pod sisters. So we bumped into the Outer Sanctum and Sirens and... They were people by the name of Emma Race, Lucy Race, Rana Hussain and Casey Simons. And uh, we had a photo with Coach Kiwi there showing her broken wing. She's uh, in Melbourne with a little bit of a broken hand, which is a bit of a shame. Um, so some people saw that photo and said, what have you done? So we had to come clean and say, oh, yes, she's she's a Kiwi with a broken wing. Um, but in terms of what you were just talking about earlier, Nat, about... Um, coronavirus. <laughs> not coronavirus. Sorry, about research. I was talking to Casey Simons about a little bit of a project that we might uh, enter into. And so um, you'll hear more about that in coming episodes. Little teaser. Little teaser. Give so some. No, yeah, you give us something. Of, what, what's this maybe? Just about the affordability of the current conditions for players. Excellent. So we're, we're going to explore that. Kate McCartney, McCarthy from St Kilda. Oh, jeez. I didn't get those names right. She actually wrote an article this week about that very thing, saying that she's lucky that she can uh, take sort of leave of absence and top her wage up with a couple of casual teaching days. But she reckons that there's other kids in her club who are basically on the dole collecting some benefits to help them get through this period. And so they're that, often the ones who are living yeah. at home, yeah. So they're the stories we need to tell and that's part of why I wanted to reach out to uh, Beyond This Pod and make it a, a collaborative effort to, to tell these stories. We've really got to get the reality out there. Okay, Delegating. let's um, move on. And so we're going to do Hot in the Huddle now. We were a little disappointed to see that um, we're talking about media disappointment. <laughs> not angry. Disappointment. I'm disappointed. Um, so Herald Sun has decided to d- disable the comments on their posts. So we find ourselves back again where we were last year with the Taylor Harris photo. Um, what do you want to say, ladies? This is on their AFLW articles. Mm. They've disabled, completely banned comments on these articles. So it's been a bit of a hot topic for a few days. Um Look, my feeling is that they need to keep 
the comments available. Keep the space available for people to comment on these articles and talk about women's football generally and just lift their game in dealing with the trolls. You know, it's their responsibility. It's their platform. Really expose and deal with these trolls rather than shut them down. It's another, another way that women's voices are shut down, I feel. What do you reckon, Nat? It's tricky, isn't it? Because I don't want to read those crappy comments, let alone the person who they're directed at. Uh, but I but don't want would, to miss out on the positive ones either. True. It would involve a full-time keyboard warrior tapping and adjudicating. Well, several for 24-7. Tapped my fingers there. But isn't that the <laughs> nature of media these days? And a mob like the Herald Sun needs to take that into consideration when they put these articles up and put someone in place if that's... I was saying earlier in the week, I think they should feel our pain. Feel the pain of being a visible female in the sporting arena. Or they just take a screenshot and tweet out the name, the address, the Facebook page or whatever it is. Name and shame. The person, the bloke, the father, the brother, whoever it is, the son who's making that. Because there's never a chick making those comments. No. Um, Name them, shame them, send it out to the world and embarrass them. Yeah, look, they made the point that the best of the comments, if you like, the best of the worst, are things like get back in the kitchen. Now, that's the best of those yeah. kinds of comments, and they couldn't actually publish or repeat some of the worst. It's absolutely filthy from what I've heard. Yeah. So that's sort of what we're dealing with. And I, I just think to shut it all down, doesn't really, they're not taking the responsibility. They need not taking to, responsibility to and they're letting the trolls win. Yeah. And, um, and so when we have ha- also had Steve Price this week offer a semi-apology because his daughter was angry at him because he commented and said, oh, he wouldn't cross the street to um, watch AFLW. My response to that is, first of all, we don't, we don't want Steve Price at a game. I don't care if he never sees a game of AFLW. I'd be quite happy to know that I can comfortably go to a game, watch it live and know he's not there because this game is not for those people. This game is for the women and the men who want to come and watch women's sport. And I think it's a mistake to be trying to placate people who are going to be so negative. It's uh, it's an indictment on him that he needs to refer to his relationship with his uh, daughter in order to come to a different um, perspective. He but can- I think also it's it's just it's a mistake to be wanting to get the male view the viewers of the male game and consider that's the growing audience. That is not the growing audience. And we can see that the AFL are making a mistake with this when they're putting putting games of AFLW up against games of cricket uh, where women are playing and we want to watch both matches. We've had clashes with um, the Matildas playing, so soccer. There was a litany of them. Um, so I think they're just, they're just being wrong-headed about it. They need to get – they need a new perspective. Yeah, the think. dinosaurs will drop off, won't they? <laughs> it's very rare that I go in uh, to support – Eddie Maguire and what he has to say, but I know. <laughs> in I response to this myself. Steve Price issue and and you know this this kind of a negative talk about AFLW, Eddie actually said, um, "You've got to expand your mind on these things." This is directly to Steve Price, and then later said, "Women are not being carried along by the AFL. Quite the opposite, they are propelling this game to new heights." And those who miss that point, I think, don't understand that this is you know, a huge market out there, huge amount of women, for over 500,000 that are playing the game in the country now. And I think that's a great place to call the quarter. So we're running out of time. We're running out of quarters. Okay, welcome Tiffany Chen from the Newtown Breakaways. She wants to talk to us about the AFLX tournament. But before you do, can you tell us a little bit about your AFL journey? So I am actually one of those AFLW converts where I've Woo-hoo! never watched AFL before and the very first game I watched happened to be 
on TV. A friend told me to turn it on and watch the very first ever game, Carlton versus Collingwood, on back in 2017. And I watched it. I was like, hey, it looks pretty cool. I'll give it a crack. And then I think the next week I was down at Blacktown ISP watching the Giants play. And I was like, this is really cool. And then I think the next day I was at Fair Day. Next thing I know, a clipboard appeared under my nose and I signed up to play for the breakaways and I haven't looked back since. Fantastic. <laughs> what, what did you like about the game, Tiffany? Because I played a bit of rugby and I guess I was playing European handball. So I do like the physicality of the sport, but I just loved how it was a very 360 game. I love it. When, I just love watching women go down and tackle and just sort of get dirty and just let the aggression <laughs> out a little bit. So maybe that's why I'm a backliner. Um, <laughs> Has it lived up to expectations for you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I just, even now, season four, I just love seeing how the game really is growing and the skills are developing as well. And yeah, I'm one of those keyboard warriors on the other side going, what do you mean women's AFL is not good? I'm there going, oh, it's great. You clearly weren't there and watched, seeing what I was seeing. <laughs> Anti-troll. Newtown Breakaways are known for, you know, starting things up. In fact, hence the name, they broke away from Sydney Uni. And now they're setting up, I think, second year in a row. They've got the yep, AFL second X. second year in a row. Everyone else had an AFL X, but Newtown have uh, adopted it as their own and they've got this fantastic day coming up. Yeah, so this Sunday... Fifteenth of March, starting from nine a.m. all the way till five thirty, we've got the AFLX Carnival. So we've actually got eleven clubs fielding sixteen teams from all around New South Wales. So we've got a team coming in from Bathurst. We've got Wollongong coming up, and it's just shortened games, AFLX format. Every team's going to play three. It's round robin and grand finals at five. It's, we saw that there was a need for more women's games, and especially in the preseason because we're two weeks out from the actual season, and it's just. We just wanted people to be able to have a run on the field and get a feel for each other while keeping it that fun carnival vibe as well. So we saw there was a need for it and we, you know, we never listened to anyone else so we just created it. <laughs> and I believe the best thing is that there's craft beers on sale for I the... I do believe uh, Young Henry's is a sponsor and they will be coming down with some beers. Fantastic. So Henson Park, yeah? Henson Park in Marrickville. Uh, free entry and there will be a fully catered canteen with vegan options as well uh, bring your Love dogs it. bring your family bring a footy just come down for a great day of fun and so day and time again so 15th of march this sunday starts at nine ends at five thirty. are you playing? absolutely free you playing too? i will be team? playing if, so if, I, if i had never played footy before and i heard this tonight i could just show up at the game get a guernsey bring my boots kind of thing no. and i could play no not, not quite. quite for this one but it'll be a good it'll be a good way for you to get a feel of the game and then we'll hope to see you on the field on tuesday when yeah. you come down to the newtown breakaways training <laughs> good on you oh, well thanks for coming all right so we're actually going to have to lose a quarter <laughs> do it in the aftermath get ready sydney for the adelaide crows match versus GWS Giants. It's this Sunday, the 15th of March at 3.10pm. Now, this is going to be a bit of do or die, isn't it? This is going to be the real test of the GWS Giants. Um, if they can win this, they are contenders for the finals. We're a little bit iffy about the Adelaide Crows um, team at the moment, aren't we? We're not quite sure. Don't know if Aaron Phillips is going to be back this well, week. They might. Both clubs might be missing their captains again. I'm not sure where Alicia Eva is with her injury. They haven't announced anything, and Adelaide certainly haven't made any comment about Aaron coming back. Normally Thursday nights they do all the ins and outs, really, don't they? So I'd love them both to be back on the paddock and um, both leading their teams because both clubs would like that leadership, I think. Yeah. So it's at uh, the Richmond Oval, I think, in Adelaide. Not a very big one. 
but, in terms uh, of um, not a very crowd big crowd. To get in. Well, yeah. It's not, yeah, you can't. The capacity is pretty small, but it will no doubt be teeming with Adelaide Crows mm. supporters as it was uh, when we went down last year. This is the Coat Hanger Football Radio Show. Catch us every Tuesday, 7 p.m. on 2SER 107.3 and access our pod, including additional content in the fifth quarter where you usually get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Insta and Facebook as well. And for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune in in to to the Coat Hanger. Welcome to the fifth quarter, the podcast section of our Coat Hanger football radio show. We are going to review the other six games that we just saw this week. So let's start with Gold Coast Suns versus Geelong Cats. Nat? Yeah, look, it was a nice way to start the uh, the weekend. I always love watching Geelong play. And it was a, a hot night up at Mackay. And so it had been hot during the day for their warm-ups and everything, but quite slippery and dewy as the game went on. Um, but it didn't stop Geelong doing their thing. They looked terrific. Gold Coast, we sort of rated them as the best of the new clubs when they first came into the comp. I feel like they're either getting tired or other teams are just working them out or know what to expect from them now. Uh, the margin, look, it, it was a slow build up until maybe half time. Uh, Gold Coast had the lead, in fact, but Geelong just sort of went, okay, let's start playing seriously now. And, and their regulars... Rocky was a star. Bloody loves the way she plays. She's so good from end to end. She can do stuff. Rocky Cranston, Phoebe McWilliams, um, ex-GWS girl. She got herself a couple of goals. Millie Brown, I quite like her. She seems, for a new kid, she seems so solid and experienced and mature. So, look, they were all very good. Purcell, always always fantastic. I loved it. I put out a tweet after the game. Olivia Purcell was getting interviewed afterwards and she said, she was talking up her forwards and she said, oh, they clunk some bloody great marks, she said. <laughs> I thought, I love that, like clunk, to clunk and then bloody great marks. So I was happy with her and just loving the fact that she's the one running around and often setting them up, but she just still wants to offload her respect to her forwards as well. So it was good. There was a 20-point win to Geelong. It was in the end. Uh in the muggy heat. But um, Clint, uh, Howarth and Staunton, uh, Stanton sorry, were probably their best. They kept hitting up their targets on the forward line, but they just weren't capitalising. Yeah. it's. I feel like it could be, even though it's only another three weeks, I feel like it could be quite a long season for Gold Coast to run it out now. Although I think they may play Richmond next week. Or no, West Coast too. I thought I knew two of the clubs have got a game against each other. So, uh, no, well done Geelong. And they're, they're running into some good form. So I'm, I'm thinking they're going okay. Nina Morrison back in form. In fact, her with her knee, coming back from her knee, playing great footy. And I thought also to myself, uh, Bree Davey coming back from a knee as well. You can play some really good football after a terrible injury. And it's just time and patience, I think, just happens. Just ask Cora Staunton. <laughs> well, well, hers wasn't so much a knee, but you're right. Like no, I terrible, know, a terrible injury. Lower leg, yeah. Yeah. Are, like, you, are you saying that an injury helps you to play a bit better? No, but I'm sure that the 12 girls this year who are sitting in either the hospital beds or in rehab, um, you know, gyms, that they can't see that at the end of, you know, at the end of the time. Like, it's... To have a little bit of, you know, you can get out of this and you can actually play some good footy again. It probably seems a long way off, but it is there. Yeah, right. Moving on to North Melbourne Roos versus Adelaide Crows. A 42-point win to the um, Kangaroos. You wouldn't have anything to say about that, M, would you? <laughs> no, not really, no. Oh, look, North, I mean, that the sort of North train rolls on, doesn't it? I mean, they're in very good shape for a good tilt at the finals. Um 
North, again, I, I suppose, look, there's a lot of expectation coming into this match for them, but, but for both sides, and it was sort of billed as something that might be a real cracking game. Um, and it was, but really North dominated across the four quarters. They really just didn't let up. And I think, again, across all lines. Um, I'm just more and more impressed by North's capacity to move the ball quickly. And you just, you see every player get it and look instantly just to play on, um, using that corridor very well. The same we, we keep talking about the same people week in, week out too. I mean, Jazz Garner stood up again. That's her fifth game in a row. And they're now talking about her as a serious best and fairest contender, the league best and fairest contender. Her um, and Jamie Lambert. Jamie Lambert, Going to yep. be you know, fighting I, to the death, I think, on that one. Yeah, look, I would put Paxman in that sort of uh, in the mix too. Um, Emma Carney again, and Carney's having a very good season too. Sort of feel like, you know, Jazz Garner's really taken her light in a, in a sense, but Carney always performs beautifully. Um uh, North are now have now established themselves as the highest scoring team in the comp, um, and you know people talk about Adelaide being um, <laughs> underwomaned. Can we say underwomaned, undermanned, <laughs> underwomaned, understaffed, Under, understaffed? That's a great way to put it. They were most certainly understaffed, and certainly by their you know <laughs> a couple of very key players, but they still had thirteen of their premiership players out there. Um, so you know it's not to be sneezed at, as they say. Um, from an Adelaide perspective, Hatchard continues to grow week in, week out, and we keep mentioning her name as well. But I just, I look so look forward to what she's going to bring over the next few years. She is now leading the competition in disposals, and she's second in contested possessions, which is always one of my favourite little stats areas. Um, good stuff for North overall. You know, things are looking up, and and their their run home is actually uh, relatively easy, shall we say. I've got them, Ashmore kicking four goals oh, was a mentioned. highlight. And you know why she did that? She had long sleeves on. Is that what it is? <laughs> That's it. She wore the long sleeves, girl after my own heart. I think they've become, North Melbourne become my premiership favourites. I've mm-hmm. got rid of Frio and I've got definitely got rid of Brisbane. It's funny how one game or a draw can do that. I think North Melbourne are running into top form and they're my gun side, I think, now. Right. Yep, I'm you think gonna they're going to peak at the right time? Ride their bandwagon all the way home. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, the Carlton versus St Kilda game, I was at that one at uh, Prince's Park. Carlton won by 21. Now, I've got to say, the scoreboard may not reflect how close it felt with St Kilda. And that defender for Carlton, Laloifi, I think is the correct yeah. way to pronounce her yep. name. Um because I'm an expert on two. surnames. <laughs> I'm glad you deferred please, to me on that. Please, uh, you know, contact me on the socials if I got that wrong. Um, so she caught, she spoiled two goals. Um, if St Kilda had gotten those goals, it would have created more scoreboard pressure. And I reckon Carlton might have been in trouble. So she is a fantastic defender and Carlton should be pretty glad that they got her. Do you reckon we're underestimating Carlton? Maybe. <laughs> It's quite yeah. the pause. They're a slow burn, aren't they? Yeah, I wonder. They're sitting third. They're on equal points to Melbourne. And which yet sets up we're a, all talking Melbourne, aren't we? We're yeah, talking Melbourne. Next I mean, week they against each other, aren't they? Yeah, they're playing next week, so that'll be that'll sort them out, I suppose. They are yeah. spreading across the board, all working pretty hard from defence through to the forwards. Eden Zanker's been, mm. um, oh, sorry, wrong page. <laughs> Taylor, sorry, Taylor been holding a marks. That's been good. Um, Caddy Loins, tough in defence and tackles and things like that as well. Yeah, they're getting so, a, a couple of goals out of Sarah Hosking out of the middle as yes, well. Yes, that's true. She's fast, isn't mm. she? She's good. Do you think the two sisters take votes off each other when one plays well? Yes. 
I think that I does do. happen, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, mistaken identity and all. But maybe they're happy just to share the spoils. <laughs> um, but for um, St Kilda, Nat Exxon probably had one of her best games, I thought. And one of the rising stars came out of St Kilda, but we'll talk about her later. Yeah. All right, moving on to Collingwood Magpies versus Western Bulldogs. Nat, I know you're going to want to say something about this, but it was a 32 win to Collingwood. 32 points it was. It was. Uh, they set it up from the very first quarter too. Three goals straight to begin with. Just gives you a bit of breathing space. Western Bulldogs aren't looking great. They, I think they're going backwards almost. So Collingwood just took advantage. We kicked the very first four goals of the game. And in women's football, that's uh, too big a margin really to come back from. You very rarely see that happen. Uh, Chloe Malloy was probably her best game she's played. And also Bree Davy, I reckon it was her best game. She picked up 30 disposals throughout the match and just solid four quarters really from Collingwood. When you look at uh, their goal scoring every quarter, they really nailed the board and worked really hard. And it was probably our best, Collingwood's best game, I reckon, for the season. And Jamie Lambert, as you said, Jazz Gardner and her, the only two players have been in the team of the week, five weeks in a row for every. Mm. So that's why I sort of thought of them as comparable for the you know award at the end of the year. Um, and Sarah Rowe popped up for a couple of goals too. So we spread it around a bit and they were they were terrific. Um, Chloe did probably two, two ripper things. She did kicked a goal with only one boot on and kicked it with just her sock. She got yeah, on the running, impressive. bouncing tackle. Her boot came off, but she kept going and kicked the goal. And the other thing, she took a ripper mark lying on the ground. She'd yeah. been tackled or tripped and still took the mark. So um, yeah, she was showing off. <laughs> chance for a boot sponsor to get in, isn't it? Or, or at least yeah. some laces, perhaps. Laces sponsor. <laughs> Could be first. So. We've probably got next week, Nat. Oh, look, sorry. I haven't got that in front of me. Um, that's all right. Just think, cause that's they're actually next just week's sitting, research. They're just sitting, <laughs> Brisbane they're just sitting fourth. Oh, Brisbane, Brisbane, okay. Where is that? Is that in Melbourne? Might be up there. I haven't got that. That's in okay. Me. So they've got Brisbane. They're just sitting outside the three, you know, uh, a game out. A game out and a relatively small percentage behind Carlton. So, you know, if Carlton lose to Melbourne and Collingwood get up, isn't it funny because I just feel like Collingwood season's over. Like I don't expect them to play finals, which makes me a poor fan. But I felt like when Ash Brazel went out that mm. that was that was a season over. And I think I'd said that we'll beat the teams lesser than us, which they did with Western Bulldogs. But Brisbane will be a tough ask, I think. Mm. But, you know, good luck to them. Don't write them off. No, look, I don't want to write now. them off. <laughs> yep. I would like to mention one of my favourite players I've been seeing from Collingwood is definitely Jordan Membry. She just seems like she pops out from nowhere and takes a contested mark. And I feel like we can't quite count Collingwood out at the moment because I feel like all of these younger players, now that Ash Brazel and has dropped out, they will step up. I just feel like they're sort of bubbling under the surface and will come out and, and that's maybe surprise us. As soon as someone is like a senior player's injured, someone takes their spot and it's their chance to get out of the reserves or off the training track and show, hey, look at me, remember me. Not that she was a direct replacement or anything, but, but it gives them an opportunity, doesn't it? And you're right, Tiffany, that... Uh, a, a team needs everyone firing and everyone has to play a role. If everyone just does one really good thing, the standard lifts and it's no one's sole responsibility. So good luck next week. Mm. Melbourne Demons versus West Coast Eagles. Well, at least six of those seven points were one were scored by our Maddie Collier. We can say that much. Seven point. The West Coast's final score of seven points. That's correct. Fee. So it was sixty-six <laughs> Melbourne to West Coast Eagles seven. Yes, it was a bit it's dismal, a trouncing, really. As they say fifty-nine point win. And then the last six points uh, for Melbourne were scored by one Sarah Perkins. Uh-huh. That was quite thrilling to watch. Wasn't that fantastic? <laughs> and that's that was Sarah Perkins's first game since she was delisted from Adelaide. Mm. Am I right in saying that? Yep. First game at AFLW level. So the um, 
you know, the crowd favourite has returned. And I think I tuned in, I tuned out for a little bit from this match and I tuned in again with 14 seconds remaining to see Sarah Perkins take that mark. I think off the boot of Lily Mithin, who placed it just perfectly in front of goals at sort of 25 metres out, right on the chest of Perkins, who converted. And I think the entire Melbourne team swamped her. They did. Enjoy. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. just fabulous to watch I got that. something the in common- my eye. Yeah, the <laughs> commentators were excited too. I'm not sure who was doing the, you know, the live commentary but oh, they were excited as well one. oh there so, you go yeah. That, well yeah mother daughter combo <laughs> that one <laughs> look sarah sarah perkins is one, genuinely one of the loveliest people in football so i'm very happy for any success that she yeah. finds herself enjoying well let's hope whatever she did was enough to keep her in for another another game or a couple more games as well to get her confidence up and just be part of the the whole thing again yeah bet goddard was quick enough to say that she's having um, played an entire season at the VFLW level at Hawthorne. She's quite certain that uh, Perkins will be back, given that Goddard is going to be the head coach at Hawthorne. Mm, mm. <laughs> oh, I True. see. So, Melbourne, you cannot keep your hooks in her. Well, <laughs> but Hawthorne won't get it. The AFL aren't talking about putting in any new teams for. No, but she, mean, she means she'll get a, to come yeah. back for the winter season yeah, to Hawthorne. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> They'll bring her back. <laughs> was it just Sarah Perkins's game? <laughs> well, no, it was Paxman showing off again. Paxman again. I mean, yes. she's just outstanding, isn't she? Been playing footy a long time, Karen Paxman, and you know, just does not slow down. We couldn't ignore in our All Australian team, which I think we posted mm. this afternoon. Maybe not. I don't know. We might. If not, we'll do it tomorrow or tonight, was whenever Tracy's it happens. Job? Tracy, <laughs> lift your game. Um, Shelley Scott, who I'm a big fan of, she does something. Or more than just something. She does plenty every week. She's so sturdy and solid and reliable. That's what I love about her. Handballing? You're handballing that? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what do right. you think, Emma? <laughs> <laughs> well, Nat, I would also include Elise O'Day in those uh, shout-outs to Melbourne players, especially early in the match. Um, Eden Zanker with 19 hit-outs, and she had a couple of goals also. And then the two Irish women for Melbourne, um, Sinead Goldrick and Neve McAvoy, really stood up, and I forget their sort of their possession count and it doesn't you know it's not the big I think between anymore, them they had really, about 27 possessions yeah, between yeah, they them they just had real impact was, you know yeah um you talked about O'Day did you see the bump she copped only with a few seconds left in the game yeah she was arms up above her head and um Bonza just bumped into her <laughs> jumped and bumped and I was surprised maybe there wasn't some sort of maybe a fine for rough play but credit to O'Day she got up and just you know took a deep breath and moved on mm. again so mm. she's solid not to be uh it took a bit to knock her over, I think. Speaking of bumping, did we we didn't really touch on particularly the uh, or, or expand, I should say, the tribunal issue for this week beyond what I talked about briefly early in the show. We were going to talk about ins and outs after we finished talking. Oh, sorry, jumping the gun again. The <laughs> going to zip it. We're going to talk about that tribunal four times before the night's out. Wow. <laughs> If Shut you really, up, if you really want to do that segment, just take it on. All right, <laughs> just something to say, damn it. <laughs> uh, so finally, Fremantle undefeated, um, fifty to Lions thirty-two. What can we say? So home, it was a home game home for them, advantage, wasn't it? Just what I would say. And I'd, you'd put it at about three goals, don't you think? And I, as we said last week, I'd flip that if it was in Brisbane. I think they might have got them if it was the other way around. Well, the 18-point margin was the was what it was at quarter time. Frio set that win up at the very beginning of the game and they won by 18 points. So the rest of the game was evenly matched. It was just that Frio leapt out and kicked five goals too. Like, that can be an end-of-game score in some of the matches we've had. So we were up for a, an absolute ripper, I think. And uh, uh, Duffy was part of that. She kicked 
four four, I think actually, mm. Sabrina. And so she wasn't entirely accurate, but she was back and took her to the top of the Gold King leaderboard as well with that performance. Yeah, she and Sharp in the first quarter. And Sharp had two goals in the first term, and I think Duffy had two goals in the first term as well. But how fantastic was it to see that sort of free-flowing footy and goals scored galore, not just from Frio, but at both ends. I forget now, for seven, perhaps I think it was seven goals quarter time um, from both sides. So that was, you know, that was, that was great. That was refreshing. It was good. And um, it was probably the f- almost the first game that wasn't affected by wind or breeze or anything. like. And often Frio can yeah. be affected down there, but it wasn't. You couldn't sort of blame the wind or the toss or anything like that. It was good. Um, Brisbane just not good enough. Then Emily Bates and Ali Anderson were probably their best, but not enough playing their best football this week at all, was it, for Brizzy? So yeah. they will need to, unfortunately for Collingwood, lift their game and come back next week now. Mm. Yeah, don't count them out. Uh, we probably need to give props to Kiara Bowers for her tackle tackle efforts again. I mean, Jen, you know, her game is complete, really, but her tackle efforts are outstanding. I seem to be the statistician tonight, but uh, <laughs> Kiara has 73. She's This is uh, across the competition. 73 is her tackle count currently leading the tackles across the competition. The next best is Marinoff from Adelaide with 38, 38 tackles. So that is the difference between them. Yeah. She's actually got, if my maths is correct, I was going to say twice as many, not quite. Yeah, not bad. Almost twice averaging, as many as the mm, next one. Averaging next 14, one. I think, and she had 15 on the weekend. So yep. she's uh, on song to blow it out of the water. But doesn't, doesn't uh, is it Kiwi or Trace who reckons Kiwi. that if you got plenty of yeah. tackles, Kiwi. you're second to the ball and so you should get off. <laughs> <laughs> I say Kiara can stay on the field as long as she likes. Yeah. Well, see, so I, I raised that with Coach Kiwi and said, does that mean that she's just second to the ball? And she said, well, it does, and she also has a lot of first use of the ball. So um, in her circumstance, we can't criticise at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone like Bowers too would attract a tag probably every week. So she has someone right on her hammer and really the the chance, therefore, to tackle quite often if her teammate – oh, sorry, her opponent gets the ball. Hmm. You know, I mean, you can analyse this in so many ways. But I think for someone who's got a – 73, the next one in line is 78 uh, – sorry, 38, that she's – Got a real hunter mentality, I'd say. Yeah. That's extraordinary. See ball, want ball, mm. get ball. Yeah. All right, let's leave that there. Coach Kiwi caught up with Brenna Tarrant earlier today. She plays for Melbourne now and she is also an ex-Sydney uh, player. She was in the East Coast Eagles and I think she was also a junior giant um, under the coaching of one Coach Kiwi. So they caught up earlier today and we're going to play some of that interview right now. So how the heck are you? I, I am the heck good. <laughs> going great, Gums. No, I'm feeling, feeling good, eh? So congratulations on your debut. Thank you, yeah. It was so much fun. Well, great huge win. So what a good game to debut in. Pardon? Huge win. Good game to yeah. um, have your debut. And you're getting around Melbourne okay by now? Yeah, yeah, I'm actually yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, look, I wouldn't say I've fully fit in yet, like, to Melbourne lifestyle. But, yeah, no, I, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I miss family. Yeah, it is. It's hard being away from Sydney and hard... I find the weather, being away from the good weather of Sydney and the good beaches of Sydney. Yes. Yeah. 
But the good coffee's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get, I get um, teas whenever I buy a Macca's coffee. <laughs> you can't be buying Macca's coffee in Melbourne. Oh, they just, sometimes I just need a really big cup of coffee before I work or something like that. I just need it. My body's really hungry on it. True, they do do a really good sized coffee. I'll give them that. Yes, so, and how, how is your mum doing? She came down for the game? Yeah, mum, dad, Kane, uh, my brother, uh, they all came down, my best friend came down to watch. Um, mum, mum's been a bit sore, she actually, uh, what was it, on the weekend, not this not weekend, just me, but the weekend before, she actually flew down to Tasmania, run 101 kilometres. Woo! Wow, that's massive. Go your go your mum. Did she spend the rest of the week sleeping? Um, no, she I think she works the next day. Wow. Wait a back up. Not doing great, obviously, but so uh yeah. She's good on her. So is she giving you tips what to eat pre game? Something that she does pre run? the change to um, playing football with, uh, it's a big change from obviously the East Coast Eagles, but to have yeah. so many staff around with your wellness, your um, team managers, nutritionists, your sports trainers, your S&C coaches, it's a massive team environment, isn't it, when you come down? Important. Well, it's a massive squad, 30 girls. Well, mind you, for you guys, I suppose it's only what about 22 in the gym training now? Yeah, oh, no, uh, there's about maybe 25 because what four of them are with ACLs, so they sort of sit out and do a lot of boxing. It's a team environment. You got to play the team sport. 
you know, you want to win, you play your best side. Um, so you had a couple of other, like, well, one other um, teammate debuting in the weekend. What's it like running out with her? She's a bit of a crowd favourite. Oh, with um, Sarah Perkins? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was great. I think because um, she sort of started with us as a trainer, and then as our numbers sort of started falling down a bit, you know, they sort of became a permanent trainer. Her, uh, Sarah Perkins, and actually uh, um, Kirby Bentley, she used to play for Fremantle and Carlton. Yeah. Um, yeah, we signed her as a permanent like train-on, and then our list sort of fell even more, so we had to then, yeah, we signed... They're good characters, aren't they? Yeah. And Perko does a Perko does a bit of coaching around as well, so that probably helps in in her way of getting around her teammates and helping um, develop them, you know, young people like yourself as well. Absolutely, that's that's exactly uh, how you get picked in the in the tra- in the run-on squad is keep applying yourself at trainings and yeah. um, and do the right stuff. Yeah. And you had a pretty good game. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I was pretty happy with how I how I went. Um, I mean, I probably got a solid five disposals and a semi missed tackle. Uh, I think they've credited you with a proper full tackle in your uh, stats. Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but the game's nice and quick, so you know it is hard to get your hands around some of these players, isn't it? Absolutely. And there's some speedsters in that West Coast team, like those young Irish girls. Boy, are they quick! Oh yeah, gosh, they're, they're hard. I think all these like Gaelic girls are just have like Yeah, because you've got a couple in your team, like um, Goldrick. How, how yeah, fast Goldrick, is Goldie? Oh, my goodness. Like, our first training session, like, of pre-season, um, our, our, the main strength and conditioning coach just said, like, right, you guys are doing a 2K time trial. It was the first thing we've ever done. And, oh, welcome to the team. Yeah, you're doing a 2K time trial. Um, <laughs> and then 
was literally brought behind Karen Paxman. Yeah. The Irish are quick at the 2Ks. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Did she do it under 7K, 7 minutes, I think? Um, oh, I can't remember. I think probably not under 7 minutes. Uh, probably just over it. I mean, I wouldn't know. I didn't really see the time, so yep. I forget my own time. <laughs> but, yeah, I think they all are sitting around about seven, no matter what team they come from or what county. They're just um, pretty quick, aren't they? Mm. Well, I've got rockets in their feet. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And you think you'll stay down here for a while? Play, Stay and play the VFL season? Um, yeah, I think, look, it's a bit up in the air at the moment. It's sort of just dependent on how many games I play and how I'm feeling, how I'm coping. Yep. If I'm feeling if I'm feeling good, you know, I might stay and play a few games and then look at going home. You know, they don't want to completely isolate me from New South Wales. They want to give me a chance to go home. They're a big family club. They're about family and stuff like that. And they want to, they want us to have time to go home. Like the Irish girls will go back and play Gaelic. Yep. Yep. Um, and Junior, Junior O'Day is from Canberra, so she can tell you a lot about what it's like going back up across the border and home. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I know a few other girls from my blogger and such uh, that I guess don't play for, play for the Demons, but, you know, if they've got some good experience, I kind of just, you know, feed off those girls and, and just learn from them, and I think it's just helped that... Yeah, well, I think you've got some really awesome teammates that um, you can certainly learn off with the experience of, like, Junior O'Day and Paxi and um, Daisy. Like, there's some pretty pretty wise football heads in that squad. I think that's why we've had, like, we have so much depth. Like, we have experience. Like, I guess we didn't draft too many young guns this year, but... We've got so much experience with the older girls and us younger ones, we're just able to learn off that. Yep. We're able to learn off it and then build out, build ourselves up um, while feeding off them. So it was, it was really great. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, so you pulled up okay? You're not feeling too sore from the weekend? No, I'm actually, I'm actually surprised. I'm actually feeling pretty good. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure hungry doesn't count as pulling up okay but <laughs> <laughs> I think you get pretty well fed after the games don't you? Oh yeah, no we've got grilled so <laughs> <laughs> I think that's um, a staple part of the Melbourne diet is that? Yeah, yeah grilled. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you'll be in, in hopefully with the running to have another run out this weekend against, uh, you play Carlton this weekend. Yeah, we're up in Darwin. Uh, hopefully I get a run. I guess we, we find out tonight the teams are actually posted or um, actually officially until I think Thursday. Yep. So right. I can't actually confirm that I'll <laughs> be playing until about Thursday. I can't tell you if I'm playing tomorrow, but... But you can sneak um, secretly tell your parents so they know to book the flight or not. Oh, yeah. I, I think they were pretty glad that I made my debut last week instead of this week so they didn't have to fork out all the money and the hours to fly up to Darwin. Yeah, it's quite a, quite a long flight. 
Oh, well, at least they made your debut game, so that's, that's yeah, pretty important. Yeah. And you got plenty of messages from your um, old buddies at East Coast? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, still, like, there's still, like, some coming through. <laughs> Watching the game on delay, I guess. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Replying the posts and stuff like that, but... Fantastic. And you came against um, Maddie Colley. I don't know if you had much to do with her when um, she was living in Sydney. She's another uh, young. I did. Yeah. Um, back when I played for, um, in the school, New South Wales team, she was actually our assistant coach. And I actually um, shook hands with her post-game on, uh, on the weekend, and she actually remembered my name. Oh, cool. Yeah, Maddie's a good, good kid. She's not really a kid yeah. anymore, but <laughs> I've known her since she was 14, but she's um, yeah, a young lady now. <laughs> yeah, 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 and she's got a bit of fire in her. She actually, it was funny, she actually, um, I, I pushed her just trying to you know, be a little bit aggressive, just trying to get myself in the game a bit, and she pushed me back and got me in the next shot. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, she she plays very hard but fair as, um, as Maddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's good to see some younger the new young New South Wales youth girls now getting getting to um, play on the big stage, and you know not only in Giants but in some of the other teams. It's it's pretty exciting to see. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's as well. Like some, I think some of us are willing to move out to play. I guess we love the game so much that we're you know willing to change teams, move, give up families, give up jobs, give up familiarity. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and no doubt you moving interstate and away from your family, you'll grow as a person as well and um, it'll help give you some other life skills, um, you know, of how to, how to adapt away from home and away from mum and dad and, um, and that resilience sometimes you'll probably take into the field and, you know, in the future when you get some tough games as well. So, um, oh, yeah. Tough times, yeah. some tough times and uh, times where you'll probably question yourself – why did I do this? But then you're going to have so many joyous moments. And, you know, you've already started now. You've had your debut match. Um, yeah. You're on a roll I'm now. Just, I've sort of seen it because what I moved out of, I moved down to Victoria about two days after my uh, school formal. Um, I was down here and I just kind of, you know, I've told a few people it, but it's just, I, I guess I'm getting a head start. Yeah. You know, a lot of people were sort of moving out as junies comes and stuff like that, but... Or they're still at home now, you know, I'm just sort of getting that head start, getting getting used to it, building a bit of independence now and then, you know, I'll be, I had a lot of people, I'll just, it'll just come naturally in a few years' time and I think it's just about doing it now so I can, you know, in the future, it's, you know, I'm able to do this whole AFLW thing a lot better. Yeah, for sure. See, you always had a good head on your shoulders there, Bren. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank my mum for that. Keeping me grounded. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'll let you get going and um, uh-huh. eat some good food before training. 
and uh, say hi to your mum and dad. Hey, buddy, all the best. Um, thanks for your time. And say hi to your mum and dad. Will do. All right, take it easy. Alrighty. Bye. Yeah, you too, thanks. <laughs> See you, buddy. Bye. Now, I know you're championing the bit, uh, M, to talk about the tribunal and the ins and outs, so why don't we let you have your way with us? <laughs> I, think I've, I think I've had my chance, haven't I? Well and truly. <laughs> I'm Start just, us off, all Matt. Right, all right. Well, there were only two reports this week. One was a financial burden on Sarah Rowe from Collingwood who made careless contact with the umpire and she's copped that $400 fine. Which I think I, I think that's a bit rough, really. Why doesn't, well, that's why, why she he? got charged. It was a bit rough. <laughs> I think the umpire should probably be charged. <laughs> For backing into her or something yeah. like that. Yeah, no, well, she copped it because I think last week Sherlaw was the one who challenged a $400 fine mm. and she lost out and it went up to $700. So these girls aren't paid enough to be challenging, I don't no. think. So Sarah Rose copped that and the other... Um, other uh, charge was for the Tiger, Laura McClelland, um, just a young 18-year-old, but she slammed Britt Tully into the turf, as Emma so lovely described earlier, and the uh, Michael Christensen described it as, as intentional, high contact, and with medium impact. And Tully didn't rep- return to the field, and it was a bad look for the game. This is what all Michael Christensen said, and... Uh, the medical report also came into the two-week charge, and Laura has accepted that. So yeah, right. I don't know what uh, triggered it in Laura. Whether they'd had a co- uh, you know niggly contest all game, I'm not really sure. But yeah. like in soccer, if you retaliate, you're the one who cops the the bigger penalties. Yeah, so it'll be so a, a Coach lesson Kiwi for her. knows El Mac. That's her nickname. She said, "Oh, it takes a lot to for, for her to do something like that." And but and I did come back with the responsible. There's you know there's still no no excuse, still no excuse for for um, rough mm. conduct. Yeah, when you've it, got to take I, responsibility for your actions, don't you? Yeah, yeah and watching the footage, yeah, it was tacky and it was wrong and it was stupid and reckless, all those sorts of things. But I was so surprised it was two week penalty because it was wasn't it KB um, Caddy Brennan two years ago missed yeah. the finals, went to court, and that had been a really hard head high clash or a thump no, or a knock. Was it a bump? It was a rough tackle. she got three weeks. Was it three? I'm, I'm downgraded to two, two or something. Two, or, yeah, yeah, it was whatever two. it was. Yeah. It was a tackle that they they deemed a dangerous tackle. It wasn't a sling tackle, but um, the opponent did end up with a, her face in the turf. <laughs> mm, and she and the thing with, 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 with mm. that penalty is that she'd already been reprimanded for rough yes. contact mm. earlier. in the season. Yep. So it was a second offence. Right. Yeah, that, that two-week penalty is very harsh in an eight-week season, isn't it? Yeah. Stating the obvious, but that's a quarter of a season. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm, as you know, I always loathe to make these comparisons with the men's game, but we know it so well, it's in our consciousness so well, that the obvious comparison is six games. That's six games in a men's season. Now, you only see those kinds of penalties when it's one of those, you know, like a really serious kicking charge or something like that, a very deliberate kind of... Not Look, I'm not suggesting that McClellan's actions were not worthy of some serious scrutiny, but a quarter of a season? Yeah. One and a half games? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can come on at half time, yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hey, Nat. Hey, Fee, what? <laughs> let's... Talk about the Rising Stars. Two nominations again this week, which seems to be the want this year. And both St Kilda and Carlton have got their third nomination for the season. Uh, St Kilda on top of Patricios and Greiser. We've got Olivia Olivia Vaselli. Uh, she picked up 18 possessions 
uh, this week. So good on her. Oh, sorry, she picked up 18 possessions this week. She was averaging 13, so she went above and beyond this week. And Charlotte Wilson for Carlton after uh, McAvoy and Egan have picked up theirs. So third player, and she was there with uh, 12 disposals, eight marks and three re- rebound out of 50. So um, good on them. And those two clubs are doing firing it. So well done. Great. Time to collect our tips. So let's start with the Geelong Cats versus North Melbourne Ruse. Mm. Oh, I'm just going to go for the Cats to annoy Em. <laughs> I can see that coming. I see the look on your face then. I am embarrassed to admit that I picked Adelaide last week against my team, the North Melbourne Kangaroos. Still so can't I'm believe gonna... you did that. I know. Her membership was rescinded. Oh, stop. In the mail. I feel bad enough as it is. I'm going to pick my team this week against the Geelong Cats. Yeah, I've gone North Melbourne now. I've said they're going to be premiership favourites. I better jump on. (laughs) Tiffany, what do you think? I'm thinking North Melbourne as well. I really don't see Geelong doing much against the speed that North Melbourne has. Agree. Okay. Brisbane Lions versus Collingwood Magpies. Oh, I'm going to go for the Pies. Yeah, I'll go there too. Brizzy for me at home. After their loss to Frio too, I think they'll be firing. Yeah. Tiffany, what do you reckon? Oh, it's a tough one. I think I'll go with the pies. I just feel like they're probably peaking hey, at sister, a better soul sister. <laughs> I've just seen I've seen Brisbane sort of especially from that Gold Coast game, I've seen them they seem so dominant and it's just suddenly it's like they run out of gas. So I think it really depends on the day. But I feel like Collingwood probably will be able to play a better four quarter game. Let's hope. Mm. St Kilda versus Richmond Tigers. Well, this is gonna be interesting, isn't it? I'm gonna go for St Kilda. Yes, and Kilda for me as well. I'm still maintaining that Richmond won't win a game. Yeah, I don't think after last weekend's mm. what one one seven, I can't see them beating. And St Kilda are in good form, and they've got goal scorers in their team. So yes, yeah, St Kilda for sure. Same here. I'm definitely going St Kilda. They're just showing a lot more promise as a new team compared to Richmond. Okay, D's versus Blues. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> scratching their chins. Mm. I'm gonna go D's. I'm hoping Perco is still there uh, still with the D's and um, even without her I just I reckon they're going to get it over Carlton that's what I reckon mm. I'm going to go Carlton this time mm. around it's a gut feeling which is not very well informed but also I think just Melbourne tend to it just occasionally drop those kinds of games they just drop their bundle sometimes more than any, any other club this might be the one yeah I think this could be sort of match of the round too mm. in terms of their tight contested play so I think Carlton too yeah, I'm also leaning towards the Blues. I feel like Are Melbourne you, does have I think t- you're copying me, Tiffany. No, no, Come no. On, get your own agenda. Four, four season fan. <laughs> I watch a lot of games on, on the weekend in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I think the Blues just – Melbourne does have that tendency to just randomly drop a game and drop their level, and I feel like the Blues probably just have a bit more consistency, consistency to take them over the line. Okay, Crows versus Giants. Come on, Giants. Smash those Crows. I, th- I think they will. I think they'll be riding high on their win last week and have got a lot of confidence and that they'll continue that running game. And they'll uh, Adelaide, I f- feel a bit sad for them because they had such high expe- – well, everyone had expectations yeah. of them and it just hasn't unfolded that way. But Giants for me. I think Adelaide, unfortunately. Again, just at home. If this was down the road, I might change my mind. But I think, you know, on the back of a loss to North as well and their pride is on the line, they might feel a bit freer in their game, Adelaide too, now that they're maybe not so scrutinised. They might just have to get their run going, I think. 
I hope the Giants, but Adelaide for me. Tiff? I'm thinking the well, it depends on which Giants show up, right? So yeah. the Giants <laughs> playing the free-flowing game or the Giants playing the stagnant game against... You're going to have history. to make a choice. <laughs> I, if the Giants decide to go with that really free-flowing forward line, I think they will trouble Adelaide's defence and I will go with the Giants this round. Okay, and finally, West Coast Eagles versus Gold Coast Suns. I'm going to go for the West Coast Eagles. Come on, Maddie. <laughs> Do your thing. Uh, ooh, I think Gold Coast for me just. Oh, I really don't care. <laughs> it's that game for me. Like neither of those clubs have anything for me. I don't think. But oh, on their form, I'm going to say West Coast. I'm going with the Suns. I feel like they've just been a bit more exciting as a new team compared to West Coast. They are exciting to watch. They've got a bit more to offer, haven't they? Across the park. Yeah. The Howith or something, the the forward, she when she's on fire, she is on yeah. fire. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All done, all finished. For the best harbour views in women's footy, tune, tune in, in to, to the, the Coat Hanger. Oh, we nailed that last one. That's the best <laughs> we've done yet. <laughs> well done. Let's just say something.